EMS One Academy, a training solution designed for EMS chiefs, offers more than 200 courses and 250 hours of continuing education. Our modern learning solution includes flexible reporting capabilities and features to upload agency-specific courses and track credentials for recertification. Easily streamline daily administrative workflow with EMS One Academy. Start your free trial. Visit www.emsoneacademy.com slash insideems. Well, once again, it's time to go Inside EMS. I want to thank you for joining us every week. And we're going to call this show Bring a Friend to the Inside EMS Podcast Week. You know, we're so excited as we watch our listener numbers creep up. And we really want to kind of, you know, be the voice of what's going on Inside EMS. So if you're a fan of the show, go ahead and pass this link off to one of your friends and say, listen to these guys, or at least the first guy who's talking because he's entertaining. He's pretty amazing. And he's a cool dude and a little smooth. But with me in the chair to my right is my friend who could leap tall buildings in a single bound, who can sit in a beanbag chair naked and eat Cheetos and not spill his beer, Kelly Grayson. KG, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. And I want to tell all our potential new listeners, come over to the dark side. We have cookies. Well, we've got Cheetos at least. That's right. We've got Cheetos. No, no, I'm not sharing the Cheetos. I'll share cookies. But so is the Cheetos. Cheetos, is it the cheese puffs or is it the crunchy Cheetos that get that orange stuff all over your fingers? Oh, no, 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 no. There's only one true Cheeto and they're the crunch. Okay. The the puffs, the puffs are for uh, weird people. Weird people. Uh, I don't I understand. Eat, well, I, eat puffs puff, I eat the puffs more than the fried ones. But but honestly, it's cheese nips. That's, that's, um, well, that's, that's not a Cheeto. Favorite. I know, but Cheetos is the cliche. I, I like cheese nips, okay. not cheese its cheese nips oh there's a difference between the cheese nips that's and right nips. cheese okay. nips are the yeah. one true cheese cracker and people that like cheese it's are 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 commie pinko I uh, see. Yeah. Sub-human well they're pinko because that, they're eating that cheesy stuff all over their fingers that's right that's so, right you know i've never met a man who is a connoisseur of snack food so maybe you know screw that andrew zimmerman stuff on I'm a connoisseur of snack food <laughs> you need to you need to have your own show i think on tv that talks about how you can get the most out of snack food. Yeah, probably so. It would last one season and I would be dead of a coronary. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean you have to eat it. You've just got to show them how they're able to. Anyway, we're get, we're digressing, man. Yeah, but yeah. if you need me to uh, be your manager on something like that and get your contract, let me know. I'll shop that around to the networks and see what we can get going. Oh, yeah. I, I used to watch Man versus Food and, and, and look at Adam and go, that's so cute. He thinks he can eat a lot. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know, so Kelly, we we've got a little problem sometimes in our career field. I don't know if you know that or not. I hope I'm not shocking you with anything that's uh, out of the ordinary. Oh. <laughs> but you know, we we got a request to talk about a topic that I don't know that we've ever talked about before. But in our course of doing our jobs, we do have to interact with the medical community. We have to interact with physicians. We have to interact with nurses. And sometimes, I'm going to say just sometimes, we may have a challenge with those nursing peers when we come in and we try to give a, a report and nobody's uh-huh. paying attention or we try to, uh, you know, or, or they may be rude to us as we're trying to uh, get our patients off the stretcher or maybe they're, you know, questioning our medicine. Hey, how come this patient doesn't have an IV? 
How come this patient, what, you didn't take a... So when it comes to those things, how do we handle those and really handle them in a professional way? Now, we know that it irritates us. We know that it ticks us off. We know that we want to, uh, you know, be uh, just as equally mean back. And sometimes we are, and I know I've been. But what's the right way to handle that? And I think it would be really great for us to give some tips on how to deal with those challenging situations with our nursing and physician peers. What do you think? I think you've come to the right and the wrong person to talk about this because I have been the example of, uh, on many occasions of, if it felt good to say it was probably the wrong thing. Um, but I've also, uh, learned to be a little more circumspect, uh, in, in my latter career, uh, and, and deal with those situations a little better, but I've definitely been on the side where you, you, you put the smack down on someone because they, they, disrespected you or you perceived that they disrespected you um uh so I, I've, I've handled it the wrong way and and uh now i know how to handle it the right way uh i still have my lapses now and then well let me ask you this kelly before we even get into the tips of how to deal with these situations i guess i want to ask you and you've been there and i've been there and and i think i have a i think i have an answer to this question uh and i'll, I'll give it after you give yours why is it that you think any time that we're put in a situation that questions our medicine or that makes us feel um, defensive, that we allow our emotions to dictate our actions and feel like we've got to give it right back? Because I think that that, you know, because I think regardless of the tips that we give, this comes down to a self-awareness issue. This comes down to a to a self-regulation issue, a self-control issue, that regardless of what people say to us, we're not baited and we don't react. So before we give the tips on how to deal with that, I think we have to understand, why does this make us so darn mad? Well, you know, it, it, it doesn't always make me mad. Sometimes I can... I can blow it off. Uh, um, I'm like anybody else when on bad days, I'm more prone to anger, uh, and my verbal filter gets turned off, uh, or at least turned down to low. Um, and on others days, it doesn't matter how much of a jerk you are to me. You're not going to harsh my mellow. My guiding philosophy these days is, uh, don't let some other a-hole, uh, have the power to make you be an a-hole. They're going to do them. You're going to do you. Um, and at this point in my career, my ego's strong enough that, that I don't need their approval. Uh, and, and their disapproval just runs off my back because uh, what, what they think uh, really doesn't matter. Um, you know, there are situations where if they actually question my care um, and uh, that kind of stings, but, but that's a rare thing. Uh, but there are other situations where... Uh, if at first blush, you might think that they're questioning your care or your competence as a paramedic, um, but they're dealing with their own problems in the emergency department. It's swamped. It's not an easy job to do as an, as an ER nurse. Uh, it'll, it'll burn up your faith in humanity pretty darn quick. Uh, and they have their own organizational stressors. And, and just like any other human being, sometimes they'll take those out on you, uh, um, not purposely. It's just human nature. You know, um, people have bad days and, and they take them out on other people. So I kind of, I kind of try to keep that in mind and, and, um, differentiate those times where someone is really calling me out, uh, or, or being purposely rude to me versus those times where someone is just, um, 
speaking out because they're having a bad day. You know, um, there's a whole lot of stuff that we do in EMS uh, that we simply do to to uh, satisf satisfy a protocol step. You know, so we can check that box on the protocol, or uh, so that an emergency department nurse will be happy when we bring them a patient or won't gripe at us. Um, you talk about things like starting an IV. Um, I start IVs now um, because I think my patient might need fluids or medications during my EMS transport. If they don't need those things, then I generally don't start an IV. Um, now that pisses some of the nurses off, but, but, but generally speaking, most of them really don't gripe unless they think the patient needed an IV when they got there, you know, or that the, the patient should have had it in the ambulance. And, and uh, the, the times when we clash over those sorts of things, I just, I, I blow them off because uh, my ego is strong enough to take it. But, you know, um, we've all had days, Chris, where, where the opposite person on our shift, who is also a paramedic, uh, rubs us the wrong way because they didn't do something on the, uh, before they turned the truck over to you or, or um, that sort of thing. You know, these interpersonal conflicts and these way we, ways we rub each other the wrong way are, is not limited to nurse versus paramedic relationships or, or paramedic versus doctor relationships. It's everywhere. I think it just overall, it, it's just how you deal with other people um, and, and how you deal with yourself, you know? Yeah, I do know. And I think that you bring up some really good points there. My thought about allowing your emotions to dictate your actions, and I actually did a chapter on this in my book, Ultimate mm -hmm. Leadership, 10 Rules for Success. I have, I have read that chapter, actually. Thank you very much for playing. And, um, <laughs> I have. Well, thank you. And uh, <laughs> But I haven't seen your review on Amazon. What the heck's that about? All right, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, um, you know, but one of the things that I, I want to share with you is that it's very important to understand why we get emotional. And in that book, you know, we, we kind of talk about emotional intelligence and understanding the components of emotional intelligence. The way that we're wired, the, the electrical signal that goes to our brain that helps us make sense of what's happening passes through the limbic system first. And, of course, the limbic mm -hmm. system is responsible for fight or flight. And we naturally get emotional first before we can make reason of what's going on. Now, once that signal gets to the frontal lobe where we can make reason or rationalize what's happening, we've already felt the emotion. And that reasoning can't offset the emotional feeling. So yeah, triggered we, your, your lizard brain. Exactly. So we lash out, we defend, we uh, uh, you know get upset and start to shake. But that's all because of the fight or flight response. One of the things from a personal or professional development standpoint is try not to allow that emotion to dictate your action. Then that's going to give you the opportunity to respond in a way that may be a little bit more even keeled. Because I used to say this all the time. The first time you drop your pants and show your butt, you've lost as well as anybody else has. So in these situations of partner in these situations of rude nurse, in these situations of ridiculous doctor, we uh -huh. don't want to be the same and give them back what they're giving back to us because nobody wins. And in their eyes, in their eyes, Kelly, it automatically makes us a worse person because they're going to stick together. So we've yeah. got to be able to be the bigger person in these situations, not allow our emotions to dictate our actions, and really just kind of be able to communicate the challenge or the disrespect, you know, or the behavior 
in a calm and keel manner. And with that said, it might not be at that particular point in time, but I got to tell you, Kelly, that's easier said than done. I mean, I'm giving you advice, oh, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to turn that off and it's going to work for you today. You know, I, I, I have my triggers, uh, things that, that do not, uh, uh, what are I have they? My own let's, little... let's write those down. What are they? <laughs> I have my no go zones. Oh, okay, you know, okay. it's one thing if you, if you question my, uh, uh, don't, don't insult my intelligence and pretend I'm an idiot. Um, that, that well, there's no pretending. <laughs> good one. That's a good one, man. Uh, see, uh, once upon a time, I'd have had a, a, a ready-made insult, uh, a retort to that. But now I'm just going to let it roll off my back because I know that's Chris being Chris. Um, I, I've had some memorable instances once where I, I asked an earth if, if she didn't have something better to do, like a butt to wipe somewhere, um, and, and paid for that. Um we used to have one uh, triage nurse who had that mental map of the city in her head, and she always wanted to know why you were bringing the, the patient to their hospital. Uh, she just didn't want any patients. So, um, And my stock response was, you know, she'd ask, why are you bringing them here? And I'd say, well, because the zoo is closed and there's nothing good playing at the movies. And I once got suspended uh, for about two hours because I uh, threatened an emergency department doc that if he didn't quit poking his finger in my chest. I was going to show him what the other end of his finger looked like. And uh, <laughs> we, he called and complained, and my boss took me off the truck and uh, and went to speak to the doctor. And the doctor was so rude and, and uh, overbearing to him, he put me back on the truck uh, as soon as he got back to the station. But one thing I've discovered with in, in socializing with the nurses that, that we deal with and the doctors that we deal with um, they're just people and overwhelmingly the ones that have always given me problems uh are also people who are not well liked by their co-workers uh so you can't say um all nurses are jerks uh or the nurses at this hospital or that hospital are jerks uh even their fellow nurses don't get along with them they're just sour bitter people um and you, you're not going to get anywhere by, by clashing with those people. It's best to just avoid them and blow them off and, and, and kill them with kindness. Um, and in those situations where they're just really unpleasant, uh, I've had plenty of situations where I could just, um, uh, you know, go give them a cup of coffee or buy them a soft drink and plunk it down at the nurse's desk and say, hey, Joint Commission ain't watching right now, man. Uh, um, <laughs> have a coffee. You know, uh, have a soft drink and chill out a little bit. Um, and, and they almost always respond with gratitude to that sort of thing. So I've rarely run into one that is just unremittingly unpleasant and stays that way. Uh, it's always something that's going on that's causing it. Um, uh, the unpleasant ones you just avoid. The ones that are just having a bad day, uh, you look at yourself and you realize, you know, I have bad days too, uh, and there are times when I'm not the easiest person to get along with, uh, and you blow it off and you move on about your day. You know, I think that one of the things that you have to think about as well is how do we approach this when we, you know, finally get to a point of saying something about this behavior? You know, I used to get uh, um, challenged when people, you know, nurses would say, why didn't you start an IV? Uh, well, I didn't think an IV was necessary, you know, and uh, that's why I didn't do it. And, yeah. you know, who are you to question me kind of thing? You know, I've got protocols, I've got knowledge, I've got experience, 
and I'm going to go ahead and make those decisions as I need to make those decisions. There are some times where I think that nurses, and we have to remember that they don't come from the same cloth that we do. You no. know, emergency well, They room, have a different set of priorities exactly. and a different job entirely. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I've done is I've, uh, you know, I said, you know, I'm one person in the back of an ambulance. Uh, I didn't think that it was necessary, but if you need me to help you start an IV while we're here, I'm happy to do that. Um, so we've kind of changed that process. But one of the things that I've found to work, so if we think about giving tips to people right now, one of the things that I've found to work in, uh, and I've tried to teach the workforce and I've tried to be a student of this as well, is you know a lot of times, whether it's a doctor, a lot of times, whether it's a nurse and they're inappropriate or they're unprofessional, I've tried very, very hard not to respond at that specific point in time. And then the next time I saw that doctor, you need a cooling off period. Yeah, yeah whether it because you you get more you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, kind of thing. But one of the things that I've said to him, I said, Doc, uh, uh, you know, I want to apologize for the way you felt when I brought that last patient in, but I would ask that you and I are both professionals and that we don't talk to each other that way again in the future. If you have a challenge, you know, let's go ahead and talk about it. If I can't resolve it with you, I have a supervisor that I can put you in touch with. But I think for the best advocacy of the patient and for our professional relationship, we don't talk to each other that way. And I would, yeah. you know, I would appreciate it. And then the same thing with a nurse, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what I did, you know, and sometimes you got to eat a little crow, right? You know, I don't know what I did that uh, made you so upset last time, but I would ask as professionals that we try to communicate on a much higher level than what we did. And, you know, we need to, we need to be on the same team to help these patients and, the, you know, to make this transition. And uh, just like you, I don't need to be part of that attitude. And I'm sure that if you were in my position, you wouldn't like it either. So what can we do to move forward from this and, uh, you know, be better uh, at whatever it is? But you've got to be able to be rational. You've got to be able to be because it really kind of puts them on the spot when you say to them, you're a butthead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it also helps to to look look at where they're coming from. You know, when, when that nurse asks you what? No IV? She or he is not questioning your skills. What they're really saying is, is man, it's busy. We're slammed. Uh, now I have one more step to do before I can uh, take care of my patients. Um, uh, you know, um, they're they're not questioning your your medical treatment or your skills. Uh, they're just speaking out because they they've got yet more stuff to do. Um, and in many cases, I'll go ahead and start that IV if a think the patient's going to need one uh, in the hospital um, just because it's more convenient for the nurses. It's something I weigh uh, <clears throat> the risk versus the benefit. Um, you know, pediatric patients, for example, kids fear needles. They're scared to death of needles. Uh, research shows that about 90% of the pre-hospital IVs are never used for anything in the emergency department. Um, so honestly, when we're starting IVs in the pre-hospital, uh, just as, as lots or whatever, uh, or as TKO fluids, um, we're doing it to keep the emergency department staff happy. And, and that's an important thing. I, it's important to help keep the emergency department staff happy. Uh, we, we collaborate and we work closely with these people. On the other hand, um, I'm not going to stick a seven-year-old uh, on an iffy IV if the only reason I'm doing it is to keep the emergency department nurse happy. That's one of those things where I'll take their, their anger and their condescension um, uh, in stride. Um, and it's also a, a really different thing saying, oh, what, no IV uh, versus saying, what, no airway? 
<laughs> you see, you know, someone says, why didn't you get an airway? Uh, that's pretty obviously a patient care issue, and they're worried about the patient. Uh, on the other hand, um, if it's if it's something trivial like that, like an like an IV, you know, they're shifted a step that they thought you could have taken uh, onto onto them, and uh, they're already swamped and they're already uh, overworked. So you said it yourself, man. You you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, uh, and and it's it's so easy to let these things personally bother you, um, and uh, arguing is so much easier when you don't see. Uh, the perspective of the other person. If you look at things through their eyes, uh, it's a lot harder to be bad at someone. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Email us at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Sabalero, one of the most difficult men in the world to get along with, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>